Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, I've got the answer to the Kinsel culture. Charlie culture. He's a good friend of mine. Thanks for finally coming on (laughs) this podcast. You could call me whatever you you darn please. And why do I call you Charlie Culture? I call you Charlie Culture because you're in the cultural know. You send me tweets about people talking about Trump. You send me Gronkowski and Gold. You you send me these cultural things, and I'm like, what a segment name, Charlie Culture. So uh, thanks for finally coming on. It's good to have you on. No problem, and thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here. All right, let's talk culture. We're going to Kyrie. There was a big article in the Post by Ian O'Connor about the man behind the game and how Kyrie actually is wading into the culture a little more, and I want to know your take on that. But first, for the first time in this century, the Yankees have a no-hit. First of all, that just blew my mind when I first read that. First one ever in this century, 21st century. But there it is. And by the way, Corey Kluber, uh, the guy to do it last night. Yeah, it's crazy because uh, the last Yankee no-hitter was from uh, Coney, and I was only like three or four years old. So I definitely have no rec- no recollection of that. So this was like my first like real legit Yankee no-hitter. So it was kind of cool to see, especially when you see all these other teams throwing one. I think the Mets even had a more recent one, even though they have only one in their history. So it was cool to see like my team finally be able to go out there and and get it done. Uh, you know the Yankees are used to be more of a cultural staple. Now you could disagree that it's not, but I think in the city it's kind of I don't know. They don't talk about it on the streets of New York anymore. Mainly it's to alternate Twitter. But for this Yankee team, what's it mean for the culture of the city to have the Yankees do this again? Well, I think the Yankees are always going to be the big brother, they're, they're always going to be on, you know, the back page of the newspapers and everything. They're basically the equivalent of the Knicks. And we're kind of seeing that now since the Knicks are, you know, good and, and in the postseason. So the Yankees are always going to be the team that basically runs the city. And when the Yankees are good, you know, that <laughs> fans go absolutely crazy. And we need a Yankees parade. We haven't had one since 2009. And we need a number two pitcher behind Garrett Cole. So hopefully Kluber could be the answer. I mean, they did give him, you know, I think $12 million this offseason. So that's a pretty big chunk of change for a guy who hasn't really pitched much pitched much of late. So 
uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy for it. Yesterday, people were were raving about you know Kluber actually getting it done, and it's something that we haven't seen since I mentioned before since Coney's uh, perfect game in in '99. So it was nice to see a Yankee get it done, and this might be a big confidence boost for the Yankees. They haven't been playing well. Their offense has been struggling. So it's nice to see that they possibly have a second picture to rely on. To rely on that can go out there and give them, you know, a, qual- a quality star and a quality outing. You text me, Tyler Wade's triple was a sign. Tell us about that. <laughs> so I'm sure, as you know, everybody hates Tyler Wade because he's just not really that good at the plate, but yet the Yankees uh, are hanging on to him. And since he was the difference maker, since everybody wants him either sent down, DFA'd, traded, just basically, you know, launched off the team and into the sun. So for him to come up with the with the with the hit to give the Yankees a lead and essentially win the game for them, then it was just a sign that this was meant to be and that this was gonna be a game that's out of the ordinary. Well, and to be honest, the Yankees haven't had a game out of the ordinary in quite a while. I mean I don't remember the last time of this magnitude. Uh, but it's sort of like a baseball trend now. No hitters are becoming a part of the baseball culture, would you say? Yeah, it's basically been crazy. We already had six no hitters, and it's only like the middle of May. So it's basically been averaging a no hitter per week, which is crazy. But I think it just goes to show that hitting is at such a bad point in the MLB right now. Everybody's focused, everybody's focused on putting the ball in the air with launch angles and hitting home runs. So it's no surprise that we're seeing such such an increase in good pitching because everybody's trying to swing out of their shoes and put one over the fence. But I do think this will be a good thing for MLB moving forward because I think hitters will start to adjust and, and look to take the ball the other way and, and, and start getting into like small ball where we see more bumping and feeling and we see more, more batters trying to go the opposite way, trying to hit the ball into the gaps, getting men on base. Because the only way you're going to be good pitching is to put pressure on the pitcher. When you guys, when you guys, when you when you have guys out there, you know, you know, throwing pitches, twenty pitches in inning, thirty pitches in inning, sweating, you know, really having the, the, the pressure pitches. That's that's when you finally get to them. So everybody's saying that the no hitters are a bad thing and it's ugly for the game, but I I think this is what the game needs to get back on track. All right, uh, one last thing on this, because then we're going to Kyrie. But Kluber's story, I mean, you, you follow the culture on Twitter and all that because you're Charlie Culture. Um, <laughs> you follow the trend on Twitter and everything. Why was Corey's story such a big part of why people were celebrating this? Well, I think this is a guy who had gotten injured and nobody really knew if he would return to, you know, the, the Corey Kluber of old, the one who was a Cy Young winner. So for him to go out there against his former team, even though he only threw one inning for them, I, I think it was a pretty neat story. And they were also giving out his bobblehead uh, yesterday, even though he, he was playing for the road team. So <laughs> That so, was funny, actually, as a yeah. matter of fact, that, now that you mentioned it. And by the way, I think I was pretty high on the Kluber signing in the offseason. I was like, all right, this might be a big deal. So it looks like it's paying yeah, out yeah. now. Yeah, like for right now, it looks good because Kluber has always been, you know, one who who who, who doesn't get out of the gate hot to start the season and needs like a month or two to really get settled in. But the biggest concern with him is 
will he be available for you come October? Because the Yankees are a championship caliber team and it's either win or go home. So having Kluber available when the games actually matter in the postseason is going to be the biggest thing. And they need pitching behind Cole, like I said before. So hopefully Kluber is that guy. All right. Now let's talk about, you just mentioned the Knicks. I mean, $1,000 a ticket. You could tell that this cult, this city's culture has been missing a Nick playoff run. Uh, you know, with Randall leading the pack here and Thibodeau, I, that Thibodeau signing looks pretty good now as head coach. Yeah. When the Knicks, you know, brought in guys who have been there before, you know, the veteran leadership, I kind of basically related it to my Islanders in a way because they brought in uh, Lamarillo, they brought in Trust, and they were able to take a team that I guess you could say uh, underperformed, and they finally got them over the hump and into the playoffs, and, and, and last year they made it all the way to the, to the conference finals. So I think once you bring in that stability and can really take guys' uh, talent to the next level, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always a big fan of that. I always like veteran uh, leadership, and I think the Rangers are actually going to do the same since we're on some talking about hockey for a minute. So I, I, as soon as they hired Tibbs, I was like, that's the best move that they can make. I, I was sick of them always looking for like like the next young hire. They weren't ready for that. You, you want to see this team make improvements instead of just being in kind of like the same rebuilding you know phase over and over again. They haven't been in the playoffs in like a decade or so. So it was nice to see them finally, you know exceed expectations and finally get back to the postseason. All right. And as far as Kyrie goes, and we'll have to see how the Knicks go against the Hawks, uh, pretty good matchup for them. But I want to get to Kyrie because he's becoming someone that steps out of basketball and into the cultural uh, discussion. And is that ever good? Is that always a good thing for a player? Or, you know, I don't think they should be shut out from the culture, but can their thoughts on the outside world affect their play, I guess is my first question. The way I look at it is I don't think Kyrie uh, owes the media anything. And I know the media is always going to harp on him for not speaking to them or, you know, speaking of his mind and everything. But the only thing that bothers me about Kyrie is when he has to bring, you know, basketball into it and saying that, oh, we shouldn't be playing and whatnot. Well, you know what? If you feel that way, then step away from the game. Yes, there are matters in the world that are definitely more important if we look at uh, the situation in the Middle East right now. Yes, that's obviously way more important than basketball here in America. But if you feel that way, then then go ahead and and, and walk the walk. No, I understand. Yes, you can always speak out about these issues. You have the platform. Go ahead and do it, but don't. But don't bring your basketball job into it because it's it's not there for anything. Speak whatever you want for the media, and then and then just leave the basketball out of it. Make it two separate things. Speak up, but don't even worry about the basketball side of things. Because you, because you, when game one starts, I believe they play Saturday or whatever. When game one starts, they're gonna he's gonna lace them up and be on the floor. So I don't want to hear how 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 he doesn't care about basketball or anything because basketball puts money in his pocket and food on the table for him and his family. And uh, we'll we'll have to see. But but let's say uh, something happens. I don't know. It just especially in the playoffs, his mindset has to be on basketball, wouldn't you say? 
I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a guy who who's competing for a championship. He's been there before. He's done it. So I really expect him to really to really put his best foot forward, and 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 his team's the favorite to win. So without a doubt, he's going to go out there and give it his all because that's why they went out and got a James Harden. They 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 aren't getting James Harden giving up, you know, four first round picks plus three pick swaps and whatnot, just just for Kyrie to step away in in the middle of the playoffs. So I think Kyrie will be a hundred percent ready to go and and bring a championship to Brooklyn. It does seem, though, that the the big three are still overshadowed by what the Knicks do, and I think that's kind of interesting. But between these two teams, I've always thought that, you know, a Knicks thriving franchise makes the garden, makes basketball. I mean, the Knicks and Lakers have to thrive every year. That will help keep, you know, basketball away from their whatever social justice issues that people are taking issue with. I think you have these successful franchises— but the Nets are over here in Brooklyn doing their thing, and basketball is a cultural thing here in New York again, not just like at Rucker Park, but now professionally. <laughs> listen, listen, New York City is always going to be the mecca of basketball. I don't care what anybody says. It's never going to be Chicago, or it's never going to be Detroit, or it's never going to be any of these other cities. It will always be New York City no matter what. And to have both New York City teams top four teams in that conference is outstanding. The only thing that I got to say is I don't think too many people care about the Nets so often. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Knicks fan, but because that's just the way it is. People will always live and die by the orange and the blue. The, the Nets are basically the adopted little brother in this city. So this city will always bleed blue and orange. So yes, the Nets could be good for years on end, but once the Knicks are good, that's when everyone is paying attention to the NBA and watching the Knicks. And and LeBron has even said it. The NBA is at its best when, when the Knicks are playing good basketball, and that's what we got this year. It is fun to finally have some action in the, in the garden. I don't just mean sports in general because of the last year, but I mean heated action. I mean playoff action. Now, the Rangers aren't there this year, but... Your Islanders are, are back in this thing. They're hopefully well, we'll see what they do against the Penguins. Uh, but one of the thing with the mining with the Ets is the Mets and and La Russa. The, the Mets and La Russa final topic here because we saw uh, Villar get hit in the face, bloody face in Philly, and uh, then we see the uh, La Russa celebrating his guy getting hit. And I just think, man. If the culture, if people and managers are going to start celebrating their own guys getting hit, we're in trouble here. Yeah, uh, to touch on uh, the Kevin Pillar thing for a second, you never want to see anybody take a fastball to the face. That's such a scary scene to see, not only in like uh, the current terms of the impact, but even like the long term uh, situation for him. Who knows if like he will ever be the same breathing and whatnot. I think he has. Uh, two fractures and his nasal cavity or something like it's just such a crazy sight to see but I was happy that he was able to walk walk off the field under his own power he was uh, kind of making jokes about it in really good spirit so so that was the good part of things but but just to see that happen was just was just gruesome and with the whole Tony La Russa thing when La Russa first got hired they always said that he would never be able to gel with the young players of the White Sox. I understand 
um, Mercedes didn't uh, follow the sign to take on Thuriel, and he went up there wailing away, and he hit a homer. They were up 11. It's all bushes and whatnot. But no matter if your player is right or wrong, you still have to defend your guy. Like, why would you go against your own player? That's that's a family, you know, member to you. When you when you're a manager of a team, those are all your guys, and and you go out on a ledge for these guys. And for him to throw his players under the bus, and now uh, he was going after uh, Lance Lynn also. Like, why? It just doesn't make sense. No matter if what they did was right or wrong, you still have to defend your guys and stick up for them. So I just don't understand why he would do that. And I understand he's 76. He's he's an old school kind of guy, but but defending your own players through right and wrong is an old school mentality. So it's like, why are you contradicting yourself? So I mean, yes, I, I guess you can make the argument he shouldn't have swung and whatnot, but you still have to go out there and defend your guy no matter what. All right, one last. Uh, by the way, this has been so cool to talk about, and we're not going to just talk. Some sports culture here, but I think we tackled all the headlines of the week so far in sports. <laughs> uh, obviously, the the week's not done yet, but for the moment, uh, Charlie Culture, this has been a great introduction, and let's make this a recurring segment, huh? Thank you. I am happy to hear, and whenever you need me, you have my number. Just go and give me a call. All right, Charlie Culture, one last thing, because golf tends to be in the culture now. We can both argue that. <laughs> uh, 103rd PGA. Uh, the PGA actually rejected a video of mine, and I'm still pissed off at that. But <laughs> it's good that I didn't plan for press passes, right? Anyway, um, <laughs> tell me what, what you're thinking going into this tournament. Uh, I think golf has been competitive all year, and it's nice that they're back on schedule. Being that we had a that we had to watch uh, the Masters, which is usually a, a, a an April tournament in November because of the pandemic and everything. So it's cool to see they're at a beautiful course uh, down at in the Carolinas. And it's just nice to have all the big-time golfers out there competing for the championship. It's a close field. I don't think there's any, you know, clear-cut favorite. And it should make for an, for an, an, an interesting four rounds of golf. As long as Bob Baffert's not there, right? I'm just kidding, Bob. I actually <laughs> love your work. And, uh, look, we'll see what happens at the – Belmont a couple weeks from let's talk about let's recircle back for that because the Belmont's always a cultural spectacle here I don't care if a triple crown or not people always show up you've been to the Belmont right uh, I haven't been to the actual race but I have been to, to the racetrack oh you gotta go on Belmont day it is something out <laughs> of the ordinary in Long Island it's just like I love that that NASA County but it it comes alive for the Belmont so one of these years we gotta go man anyway Charlie Culture, one of first of many installments of Charlie Culture on Alex Care Podcasting. Thank you very much for having me, buddy. Happy to be a part of it. Sounds great. All right, I'm Alex Garrett, where, as you know, we're always adapting. So.